0: You're listening to the Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for March 13th, 2016, from the series called Red Letter Day.
1: I'm here today, and um, I went to bed an hour early last night. I normally get up at 6 a.m., but I normally go to bed at 12 a.m. before Sunday morning because I'm so anxious about what I'm going to talk about when I'm going to share with you guys, and so I'm kind of up. Or sometimes I accidentally have coffee too late. By accidentally means purposely. I had a cup of coffee late at night because I like it. I love it, and so um, I got an amen for that, or without a sneeze. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, I, got, I get up. I stay up late. I'm, I'm so anxious. I'm so ready to get here and. And so I went to bed an hour early last night just in case. And um, I'm walking a little bit slow today. I have a friend, and she's not here today. She's actually sleeping in. Um, But I had a friend of ours, um, Vanessa. She said, You need to run this. I'm running this 10K with me. It's the day before my birthday. Come run this 10K with me. And I said, Yeah, I'll I'll run a 10K with you. No big deal. Done that before. And so um, she goes, But don't just run 10K. Do the distance there. I'm like, All right, sounds cool. I'm a guy. She's a girl. You know, I got to be better than her. And so I'm like, "Uh, What's the distance there? And she's like, it's, it's two miles at 7 a.m., and then it's the 10K at, at 7.30 a.m. And I'm like, oh, shoot. So Stephen and I, uh, who helps with all of our, a lot of our stuff on, on our campus here and helping us the church, he said, yeah, we'll ride together. And so I signed up for this two-mile. I got in the two-mile. It was no big deal. I was feeling really, really, really good. And then the 10K came. And, man, it was just long. So I woke up today. I was kind of like trying to get my legs to move. Like I'm having a hard time, I realize I'm getting to the age where I probably should start training before I go out and run eight miles. Um, but nonetheless, I did it, and we had fun. We had a fun time, and um, I love this church, and I love doing life with you guys. And so we run together, we laugh together, we cry together. I woke up to a super discouraging text message today. I actually got it at 4 a.m. I got it at 6 a.m. when I woke up, but it came through at about 4 a.m. And um, it was a, it was something along the lines of, um, "Man, I'm just really frustrated. Things aren't working out the way they're supposed to work out in my life." And and I'm like, why are you up at 4 a.m.? I know things are going bad if you're up at 4 a.m., unless you're just getting home, you know what I'm saying, late night at the club. And so, like, um, but this wasn't that lady's story. And she just said, things aren't going the way I think they're supposed to go. And I wish I could give you more details than that. Um, but, man, with, 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 uh, with, with Facebook and with, we podcast everything, it's just you can't really say, I can't really say much of anything because it, it goes beyond. a lot of our people listen to these sermons later. And so I just, I don't know where you're at today, um, but I think a lot of people live lives like that where you're up at 4 a.m., you're like, what in the heck is going on? What in the world? Like, why aren't things going the way I thought they were gonna go? Why do I feel so lonely? Why do I feel so frustrated? Why do I feel like things aren't piecing together the way that I thought they should? And so we're gonna talk about that today. Um, there's a story in the Bible, and uh, we we kind of if you're jumping on this today, we're in week two of our Red Letter Day. And if you're new to church, I've been in church for a long time. In the Bible, the Gospels, um, the, the the Gospels record the life of Jesus. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, so the first four books of the New Testament which is the second half of the Bible the first four books that re- record this life of Jesus Matthew Mark Luke and John and so in those whenever Jesus opens his mouth in those four books the usually in the Bible when when they translate it starting back in when it went from Greek and Hebrew into Eng- old English language which is in which is in 1611 we got the King James version Bible King James translated this Bible for us from Greek and Hebrew and into e- old English which is now old English. Back then it wasn't old English, but now it for sure is old English because we don't use these and thou's and wherewith and thereeth, and we don't use words like that. We use modern day English today, and some of us use their own language, which is me. <laughs> um, whatever comes out, I don't even know if it's English or Spanish or something else, but anyways, we just talk, and so in the Bible, whenever Jesus opens his mouth, the New Testament, those words are in red, and so we're looking at red letters, we're actually looking at four phrases over the next four weeks, one last week, uh, one phrase today and the the next two weeks, we're looking at four phrases that Jesus said while he was actually on the cross. And so we brought in crosses as a visual for us this week and for the next two weeks, but we are talking about the things that Jesus said when he was actually up on that cross. He says seven phrases. And so we're gonna talk about that um last week we talked about the fact that Jesus says in, in there, in that, in that story, he says, um, you'll, today you'll be with me in paradise. He was talking to two thieves, and one of the thieves was like, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus says, when you die, he says, today, when you die, because he's hanging between these two thieves, they've already, they're about to die. He goes, you're going to be with me today in paradise. You're going to be with me in paradise. And we looked at a very uh, popular uh, phrase last week, and the phrase was this, that paradise is pimp. And uh, we, we've hashtagged it, and it's out there. You can use it. I'm not co- I don't copyright any of my stuff because Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So all my stuff is borrowed temporarily or permanently. And so paradise is going to be amazing. Paradise is going to be amazing. I'm going to be there. Your friends that invited you probably are going to be there. And if you're here today and you're like, I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out, I want you to know if you're trying to figure this out, we want you to come to paradise with us. Have you ever been invited to vacation with somebody, and it's like, I can never afford that vacation, but they invited you, so you're like, I gotta go. <laughs> and we wanna invite you on that vacation with us. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Paradise is gonna be awesome. Um, we had an event, um, let me, let me seg- segue and then come back, but we had an event this past Friday night, and about seven or eight of our, of our families hosted 33 college-age students, plus two drivers. And um, I was super nervous to ask you guys, because you guys don't know me. We're five, if you're new here, we're a five month old church and um, we don't have all the answers, but we know the person who does and his name is Jesus. And kinda, That's kind of where we kind of lie at and kind of rest in is Jesus. And so um, you guys hosted those people and then they came in, they, they passed out about 9,000 flyers in Winter Garden. And I don't know how many people we had on Friday night in this courtyard, um, but it was a lot of people. We, we served over 360 hot dogs 400 drinks, 400 bags of chips, and six bounce houses, and a lot of cotton candy. The, the cotton candy guy, for two hours, he just made cotton candy. And I'm a nice guy. I'm actually the nicest guy that I know. And um, I had to tell 20 people they couldn't get cotton candy. Jerk. I felt so terrible. I got over it quickly. Um, but I was like, hey, you guys can't. And then um, I actually had to kick my wife out of the line, which that actually made me feel kind of good. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hi, I'm sorry. Sorry, you just can't. I, I can't make an exception for you. And so um, we had a huge, 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 huge night. A lot of people, um, met a lot of visitors and a lot of, lot, lot of people. And so um, let's get into our, our, our text today, if, if we can. Um, if you have a Bible, turn to Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. We want you to know this, um, while we're spending time talking about Jesus being on the cross, we want you to know that he's no longer on that cross. He actually got off the cross. And that's why we can celebrate. That's why we can sing, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. We can sing that song because he got off the cross. If he'd stay on the cross, that'd be sad, but he actually got off the cross. And so that's why we celebrate. He didn't stay there, he actually rose again. And so we want you to know he, he got off the cross we also want you to, to know to know this as well, that if you're here today and you're joining us for the first time or second time, we want you to know that your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. I got in a vehicle this past um, Friday night with one of our 20-year-old young men, and uh, he lost his job a few uh, few weeks ago and broke up, with moved out of his relationship that he was in, and, and he said to me, I, I was in the car with him, in the last two weeks, God is just speaking to him and talking to him. and telling him some things, and he's hanging out with me, and he's just saying, you know what, man, I, I, before I got out of the car with him, my friend, I said, bro, your best days are ahead of you, because they are, man, things are getting better already. And it's been two weeks, it was a bad two weeks before that, but the next two weeks, the last weeks have been great. And I want you to know I don't care how deep you're in it, your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead, of you, and you have to believe that for yourself, and you gotta be the best preacher that you know. When things are bad, you gotta tell yourself that my best days are ahead of me. And when Satan reminds you of your past, you gotta let him know that you have a future. And um, we have this phraseology to at our church. We don't care where you've been. We just care about where you're going. And so we don't care where you've been. We don't care how bad your past is, how dirty your past is. Jesus wants you to know that your best days are ahead of you. And it's possible because of what he has done on the cross for you and for me. Matthew chapter 27, verse 48. I'm gonna read two verses for you today and I wanna show you a video. And, um, but Matthew chapter 27, verse 48, the Bible says this. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock about three o'clock jesus turned out with a loud voice and he yells out eli eli lama sabachthani which means my god my god why have you forsaken me my god my god why have you forsaken me have you ever felt like god has forsaken you because jesus felt like that and so if you've ever felt like that you're in good company because jesus the savior of the world felt the exact same thing that you and I feel. One more thing before I show you this video. We want you to know this. Before Jesus gets on this cross, he was beaten beyond recognition. And our crosses are beautiful with LED lights shining off of them. But the cross that Jesus was born, that Jesus took on all of our sins on, that cross wasn't pretty and it was bloodstained, and he was beaten beyond recognition. They shoved a crown of thorns on top of his head, and they made him carry his own cross to be crucified, and the cross was so heavy for him, his body was so beaten, so broken, that one of the Roman soldiers said, hey, you get the cross, and you take it. Have you ever felt like you were forsaken? Take a look at this video.
2: Hi, my name is Lisa, and in July of 2008, my husband and I went in for a routine ultrasound at 20 weeks, and we found out then that our baby didn't have a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> Hi, my name is Scott about it was the early morning I got a phone call, and it was about my grandson being taken to the hospital and he was my little buddy he was he was the world to me. I have other grandkids but but Nova was he was special.
3: Uh, my name is Deidre and um... My father sexually abused me until I was eight years old um, and he also beat the living daylight out of my mother.
0: And when we got there and they had just, had just gotten him resuscitated, they admitted him into the, his room and, and it was at that point that I was like, God, why? Why? He's not even three years old. Why would you take this precious boy?
3: made me feel betrayed by God. It made me feel dirty. It made me feel like God left me um, out there by myself. Um, and I asked why. Um, I couldn't understand why God would allow something like that to happen to me.
0: It was about a week when, when he finally uh, passed away.
2: <laughs> so, That was the hardest thing that we ever had to go through and it was the hardest point in my life and I questioned and questioned and questioned why, why was this baby taken from us when I never got to hold him or kiss his face.
1: We're going to catch up in just a moment. At the end of those stories, I don't want you to feel like, man, he just dumped that on us and got nowhere, there's there's an end to those stories. I I want you to write down this today, um, that sometimes, and I want you to kind of capture this, and you kind of write it down however you want to write down. I'm going to give you a couple things to write down, but I want you to kind of write down this. Sometimes you're only going to see some of the pieces. Sometimes you're only going to see some of the pieces, and that's the hardest thing for you and for me, because when we're in our situation, when things aren't going the way we thought they would go, we only see some of the pieces. You, 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 you following me? You're tracking me? If, you, if you've ever done a puzzle before, it is defeating to do a puzzle. For me it is, because I, I have ADD and I get sidetracked. And so it's defeating to do a puzzle, And because and, you only have parts of the pieces, and you're looking at this box and you're saying, but man, it's supposed to look like that. It's supposed to be beautiful, it's supposed to be put together, it's supposed to have all the edges. Hopefully all the edges are on the outside, and, and all the pieces without edges are on the inside. And, but sometimes it doesn't seem, you don't have, it doesn't seem like it's going the way it's supposed to, to work out. But then you get to the very end, and you see this beautiful puzzle. And life's a lot like that. We go through life, you're like, man, how come I, this does not even make any sense, and then what makes things even worse, some of us, some of you, and some of me, sometimes we look at other people and we say, man, all their pieces are going perfectly together. But my pieces are all screwed up. And maybe for some of you guys, you're like, man, I don't even feel like I have this puzzle, but I don't even have all the pieces. And then maybe you, maybe some of you guys are getting to the end, or, to, you're in this season of life where you've got most of the puzzle together and you're probably a lot like me. Or if you have kids, I have an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old and I have 18-month-old twins, but the worst part of doing a puzzle is getting to the very end and you're missing one piece. And sometimes it's life is like that. You have this whole thing going together, and you're like, man, things are going good. Things are going good. This is working out. This is working out. This is working out. And you're missing just one piece, and you're like, what the heck? Some of you guys thought I was about to cuss right there, but I didn't stop myself, Travis. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to. But like, man, what in the heck is going on? What in the world? How come pieces aren't working out? And I think some of us in here today, when we get to that place, we like to even maybe blame God. I think Jesus is on that cross and he's like, God, why, he felt like his dad had forsaken him. Dad, why have you forsaken? I mean, how many of you guys you sleep on your back at night? You sleep on your back, the back seat. How many of you guys are, are, are shoulder sleepers? You, you sleep on, on, on your shoulder right here. And uh, if, if, if you're married, you, you, if, the bed is, if, you're, if the bed is this big, you guys have all seen the things, if the bed's this big, we know, guys, we, this is our portion of the bed. Just about two inches. That's pretty much. That's all we need. And so, I I like to. I don't like to be. uh, I'm not a touchy feely guy, and um, I mean, I had four kids, so to some extent, I am. But I'm just not a touchy feely guy. There's there's five love languages, and one of those is is, is touch. And I'm just. I'm not a touch guy. I could be. If I'm on the couch, I want to be on the couch. Honestly, I like to just be sitting by myself. Diana, she's a touch person, so she wants to be on the couch. She wants to be like resting on me, or or you know, patting my arm, or you know playing with my hair. I don't have any hair, but she used to. I used to have long curls. It was awesome, and then I got married and had kids. I lost it all. Anyways, but I'm okay with it, um, but we go through, uh, so we, so that's my thing, and so this week I was laying the way I normally laid, and, 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 and I had this special pillow. My, my brother-in-law is, is a chiropractor, and he's on our team, and there's a plug for his business. His name is Ron Fullmore, Dr. Fullmore. You can, he's here every week. He's at the, in the lobby, but he, uh, he got me this pillow. He's like, you need this pillow because you sleep on your side. You need this pillow to kind of make sure that you're not jamming your neck up. Because I went to him about a year ago. I said, man, my neck is jamming up. He's like, you need a different pillow. You need a pillow that's going to keep your neck up and keep you elevated. I'm like, it's got a little dip in it. I'm like, yeah, I need that pillow. Where do you get that pillow? He's like, I got you. I got you. I'm like, cool. So I'm doing good, I mean, I got this pillow and I always sleep on this side of my, on this arm. And everything is making sense for me. I'm sleeping good. Well, the other day I went to roll over to, to stretch. And um, I, I hit to the point of my life this past week, while I, while I did run eight miles, I realized I'm, I'm getting old, because here's what happened. I went to stretch, and I cracked my neck stretching. Like, I slept fine all night. I woke up, I'm like, man, that was a good night's sleep. Like, I'm glad it's not time change, but it was a good night's sleep. And I went to stretch my neck, and I went click, click. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And I thought I paralyzed myself. <laughs> I know that's extreme, but I live in, extre- I live in an <laughs> extreme world, and so I'm like, oh, shoot, I paralyzed myself. I'm having this conversation with myself. I'm like, I can't even feel my legs move, you know? <laughs> hey, good news for all of you guys that are worried. I'm going to finish this story. I'm not paralyzed. Good news. <laughs> they work. I'm, you know, I, I'm moving, barely, because these jeans are tight. But anyways, I can move. So I, I, I crack my neck, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I, I'm paralyzed. And then I'm like, man, I can't feel my, I, I, can't, I can't feel my legs. And I, I knew my arms were okay because I went to stretch. I'm like, my arms are, my arms are fine. And so I'm just like this, I, I wake up and I'm like, I've gotta get up. I, I gotta move, but I'm paralyzed. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, shoot. And it, it, I had jammed it up so bad. And I'm like, I got this race on Saturday, I gotta get it fixed. So I called Ron, I was like, hey man, I gotta come see you. I said, today I'm really busy. I'm just gonna walk around in pain for a day because I'm super tough, Scott, I'm a man's man. So I was like, I got this. I can, well, I can toughen it out for a day. And so I call out go the next day. Man, he got me all fixed up. But I, so now the good news is I had to lay on my, I had to lay on my back, but I'm back on my side again with my back turned to Diana so she doesn't bother me. I'm just kind of like, get away. When Jesus was on the cross, he felt like his dad had turned his back on him. And, it, and at some level, he did. Because you and I, our sins put Jesus on the cross, but Jesus allowed that to happen. God the Father allowed his son to get on the cross for you and for me. He chose to put his son on the cross for you and for me. He chose to forsake his son for you and for me. And that's, that's, that's mind-blowing if, if, if you have a son. If you have a son... I mean, my dad would allow one of us to be crucified for you guys because he had three sons. He did not care. He's like, yeah, just take one. Yeah, Jesus, use one of them. I don't care. There's three, of, there's three boys and there's three girls, and so hopefully he'd pick Lathan because he, he, he's tougher than all of us. But our back, our, Jesus, God had turned his back on his son so, that he, so you and I could live forever, so you and I could have a way out of hell and into a relationship with Jesus. For you and I to to go through life and actually have peace and to be able to have some patience and to have some kindness and to have some joy and to have all the things that God has planned for your life. His son, God had to forsake his son for a moment in time so you and I could live forever. But I think sometimes you and I, we feel like God, is, God has forsaken us. Where are you at, God? We use this phrase a, a while back early on in the days, what do you do when it feels like everything has gone to hell? And I think Jesus, for that moment, literally, he felt that. But he had to experience that for you and for me. And so what do, what do you do in West when you only see part of the story? Here's what I want you to know if you, if, you, if you only see part of the story, which you only ever see part of the story, until you look back. What's that saying? Hindsight's twenty twenty. The pieces never look lined up perfectly until you look in the rearview mirror and see how God can redeem. And we also believe this, no matter where you've been at, God can redeem anything. God can restore anything. God can put any puzzle back together. And so what do you do when you can only see part of the story? Here's what you gotta do, you gotta believe that God is good. Write that down, number one, God is good. God is good. Maybe you wanna write down God is really good or God's incredibly good and God is good, 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 but God is good. Maybe you, in my notes I put exclamation marks, but God is good. He is really, really, really good, and you got to know that as a believer. Because when things don't work out, or when all the pieces don't line up, when things are going bad, you've got to remind you got to remind yourself of the fact that God is good. I was talking to a mom and one and her son this past week, and he's not in here. He's twenty something years old, and and he said to me this every time before we have this meal, we say this cheesy little prayer, and I'm like, "What is it?" She's like, "It's that one you the one you said when you were a kid, God is great, God is good." Let us thank him, not let us, but let us thank him for our food. Let us thank him for our food. And I said to the mom in, in the Sunday, the day, I said, man, that sounds such like a cheesy prayer, but we live lives where we forget that God is good. When things are going bad, or when things are going good, we forget that God is good. We forget that. We forget that we serve a God, and, and this, is a, this is a church word for a, a lot of us, and here it goes, we don't get a lot of these, but we forget that God is sovereign over the universe. He's control, he the, another word for that is the word, he, he controls the universe. We forget that, that God is sovereign and that he is good. The Bible says this, why do you call me good? Jesus says to a young man, it says, God, you're good. And Jesus says to him, only God is truly good. You ever say to that person, oh, they're a really good person. There really is no good people out there. We're all sinners. The only person that's good is God. And that's what's good. That's, that's put you in good company at this church. Everyone's a sinner. It's not we're, we're bad and the pastor's good or the, the pastor's bad and we're good. We're all, we're, all bad. we're all sinners in here today. Every single one of us are sinners. We're all on the same playing ground. We're all, when we all get to heaven, God's going to say, oh, you were sinners. Either, and you were saved by God's grace. That's all he's going to say but we have to get to the place in our life where we submit to the fact that God is good. God is great and God is good. You gotta write this down too. Number two, God is for me. God is for me. The Bible says this in Romans chapter eight, and verse 31 through 33. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us since he did not spare even his son but gave him up for us all won't he also give us everything else if he gave us a son don't you think he can take care of everything else who dares accuse us whom god has chosen for his own no one for god himself has given us for god himself has given us right standing with himself god is for you I think sometimes we think God is for himself, and God is for himself, and God is about his glory, and God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants those things. But God wants you to know he's for you. Isn't it nice to know? Do you, how many of you guys have someone that is for you? They would die for you. Some of you guys like just raising your hand because the person sitting next to you, and you feel like you have to. I'm just kidding. It's nice to have people that are for you. It's nice. I've told you guys this before. We have... We have, um, we, we have guys every week, we pay an off-duty officer to be here. I, I, I like guns, especially when they're protecting me. I like that. I like to buy them for myself, and I like other people to have them that can protect me. I like that. But there's also guys in our church that are cops, they come every week, and they're not in a uniform, but they have guns on them. That makes me feel extra comfortable. I like when our cops and some of our other guys are like, I'm, I'm packing, bro. Some of them are like, I'm packing because I don't trust you. <laughs> Like I might need to take you out, Wes. I'm okay with that. But you know what? I feel really safe today because my brother-in-law is here today, and he's tougher than a bull. I don't even—he's tougher than that. And I, one, not only one, one— step. Not only is he an off-duty cop today, but he—he he is a SWAT. He's in SWAT, which is hard to get. I like that. That makes me feel a little bit more safer. But not only is that—he's the guy that shoots the gun from far away. That—that's that guy in the SWAT. So I feel really good about that. At the church we came from, the, the cops used to always say this. We had a bunch of guys in our church that were, um, they, had a security op- they had a security firm, and so they ran, they ran security at the church, and all the cops used to say to me this, if, if anybody ever breaks into the church, he go- they would say this to me, we're going to shoot all the guys that want to be cops first. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good idea. They said, because we don't want them to miss anybody, because we're going to shoot those guys first. And so they said, if, if, we, if we aim at you, we're probably, that I means someone around you has a gun. We're going to take them out first and then get the bad guy. <laughs> I'm like, great idea. But here's what I know, man. My brother-in-law, he, I, I, feel, I feel safe to say, man, he's for me. Now, he don't want me to be for him when it comes. He wants his SWAT brothers to be there for him when it comes to a fight. He don't want to pick me. I mean, I can run fast. I can be a decoy. Like You run that way, they'll chase you and I'll come up behind. Him. But I, I, can't, I can't be for him as good as he could be for, for me. Trust his shot way better then I trust my own shot. But I want you to know this today, man. As much as Chris is for me, man, I'll tell you this much. He's his, his wife and his kids are here today, he's for them. And I'm for my wife and for my kids. I'm for you guys. But I know, man, there's someone that's more for us than we are even for ourselves. And it's easy for us to be for ourselves for some people. But God is for you. God is for you. God is good. And God is, God is good, and God is for me. And here's the third thing. I want you to know this, that God is with you. God is with you. For God has said this, I will never fail you. I'll never abandon you. King James Version says this, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Have you ever ran away from God before? A lot of us have. Have you ever noticed this before? whenever you turn back to go back to him? Have you ever noticed the position he's in whenever you turn back around? Where is he? He's right there behind you. You don't have to go look for him. Have you noticed that before? That's practical for you. Whenever you run away from God, I don't need you, God. I'm mad at you, or I'm mad at your church, or I'm mad at the people at the church, or I'm mad at this, or I'm mad at that, or I'm mad at this, and I'm mad at that, I'm mad at this. I don't need you, God. You took this from me. You, 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 you stabbed me in the back, God. or You betrayed me, God. When you walk away from God, you run away from Him. You know what He does the whole time you're He just walks right behind you. You want to know why? Because He can't leave you and He can't forsake you. The Bible says, I don't leave and I don't forsake my children. So while you're going away, I'm done with you, God. You turn around. He's right there, waiting for you to turn back around. And so I want—I want to catch you guys up on the rest of these guy's story, and then we'll pray and be done.
3: I grew older, and um, in 2004, I was able to go on a mission trip to Honduras. And um, in some, in my prayer time in Honduras, I was—I prayed and was still asking God why. Um, and. I felt like God revealed to me that He allowed that to happen so um, a passion could be birthed inside of me for students, for youth, for young people.
2: We struggled with the why and um, questioned and God showed us throughout the whole process that He was with us and that He he was holding our Isaiah when we couldn't.
0: During the time when we knew that he was going to leave us, that he was going to, to go be with our Father in heaven, that we knew God was in this, we, we, we knew it was. But it was it was difficult to get to that place. We we really wanted him to be healed, but we had, we began the process of accepting that God was God and God is good.
3: I would never choose to have my father abuse me, but uh, by God allowing that to happen, um, I'm able, as a survivor, I'm able to tell my students that they too can forgive, they too can survive, they too can be healed, um, and live with our true Father. Because of that, man, I can experience the love of my true Father, my Heavenly Father, a love that is pure and unconditional.
2: After trying for a year and a half after losing Isaiah, um, we found out this past Christmas that um, I'm pregnant. And um, I have a piece about this pregnancy and that's something that I feel that God has shown me and um, put on my heart and he's been faithful and
3: he's good. I grew older and...
1: He is good. He is good. And so uh, you see those stories in their day. You see that those people have looked at this and they've seen that God is good through the tough times and the bad, the good times and the bad times. They've seen that God is for them. They're now looking back at the pieces, the puzzles a little bit more full, and they're seeing how God can use and redeem their story, and they're seeing that the fact that God is with them. God is with them in the darkest times of your life. God is with you. Now here's the deal church, friends, people that are coming for the first time or people that are coming for the last time. No matter what you think, no matter what you think, and I I know this, God is a good, good father. I needed a baseball bat. My dad would say, go get that baseball bat. Go buy the baseball bat after you work for me. I had to work for it. Need a pair of shoes? Yeah, I need that pair of shoes, Dad. Can you? I want to go to summer camp, Dad. He made me work for everything. But now I'm not lazy, so I'm thankful for it. I look back and now I see, man, I had to work for all that stuff. Because we're growing up with a generation now, they just everything's handed to them, and they don't know how to work. Moms and dads are filling applications for their kids at Target, and I learned how to work. So looking back, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. But here's what I know, whether you believe that God is good or not, it doesn't negate the fact that he's good. It doesn't negate the fact that he is good. Because I've seen him, whether you've seen him be good or not, it doesn't matter. I'm here to testify today that I want you to know that he is good. He is good. I was at a barber shop yesterday and the guy said to me, a 60 year old man walked in and said, started preaching to me in the, in the barber, and we're both believers. The guy didn't know me from Adam, but he just started talking. And he said, I want you to know something, both of you young men, that God told Jeremiah, God's going to use you in a great way. And I'm sitting in this barbershop and I'm fighting back tears. He said, God's going to use you guys in a big way. Both of you guys. I'm here to tell you guys, God's going to use you guys in a big way. You don't even know it. He kept talking a little bit longer. He kept talking a little bit longer. And he going, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, Holy Spirit, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, I did, and He's like, I just got my heart. He goes, I just got a, a pacemaker put. He goes, I'm most supposed to be getting excited, but I'm just, I, I came here. I wasn't going to preach that. He goes, but I want, I just feel like God's got me one ready. God put a word in me today. I got to get it out. I'm like, get it out. Preach it. And um, I was giving him the kind of response that I want you all to get me. I was like, get it. Preach it, bro. I like that. That's good. Amen. Come on. Fire it up. Let it go. Like, I was giving it to him. Like, it was black church. It was awesome. Preach it. So he's like, I want y'all to know God's going to. And then, he, and then he went from there, and he said, "You know, Jeremiah." He said, "And Jeremiah, he, he's getting oh, Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, not mean to do this." He said, holy, "He said Jeremiah said that God said Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your mother's your womb, Jeremiah. I knew you way before then. And throughout the course of history, God has proven Himself, whether you believe it or not. Through the course of history, God has proven Himself to be a good, good Father. Throughout the course of history, there's thousands of years of track record." Is this Hope Church gonna make it 10 years? I don't know, it's made it five months. I know that part, I know it can make it five months because we made it five months. Is it gonna make it five years? It's to be determined, I hope so. Is this room gonna fill up? I believe so. Or we can go to another campus? I believe so. But I've only got five months of track record. But here's what I do know. God has got thousands of, Jesus got thousands of years of track record to prove the fact that he's a good, good father. He's got the track record. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter because the track record speaks for itself. And he says one he goes, I believe this. I'm sitting in this barbershop and he goes, I believe this. God's going to put a microphone in one of y'all's hands or both of y'all's hands and and you're going to use it in a mighty way. And I was like, at that point, I'm nervous. I'm perspiring. I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, shoot. Crap, I look like a pastor. I don't want to look like a pastor. Dang it. And he says, I... And then he keeps on preaching some more. Oh, Holy Spirit, I didn't mean to do this today. Holy Spirit, I didn't mean to do this, but I just feel like God's gotta tell me this. He said, God's gonna use you guys in a mighty way. He goes, he's to, he, goes, I, he goes, we don't see a lot of miracles today. He said, I, but I believe God's gonna do some miracles through you guys in the future. And I was like, I received that. I totally wanna to stretch out some guy's arm that's short. I totally wanna to do that. Like, come on, I'll do it. I totally wanna to bring someone back to life. You know what I'm saying, Travis? Travis is in with me. He, he'll, he's in with me. Like, well, I want to resurrect. If I can resurrect someone, God, I'm totally into that. Come on. That's good. I like that. Preach it, white boy. That's good. So I want to I wanna get, I want to know, I, wanna, I want God to use me in a mighty way. But here's what I want to say to you today. I'm saying all that to you. That guy sat there. He said at the very end, I got up, and the guy dusted me off, and he said to me, you're a minister, aren't you? And I looked down, I'm like, I got tennis shoes on got Nike socks, on. I don't even look like a minister. How did you know that? He said, God just put it in me, to, to, God put it in me. He just told me this guy, I, I can just tell, the Bible says that you're gonna be able to tell people, you're gonna be able to tell them Jesus is in him and around them, you're just gonna be able to tell that. And here's what I want you to know, I'm telling you all that today to say this to you. I don't know where you've been, I don't care where you've been, but I know this, God is gonna do amazing and incredible things in and through you. I'm already speaking that real life, but some of us in here today, I've already said this a thousand times, you gotta receive that, God's gonna do something big inside of your life. He's going to, he's just going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going God wants to do something amazing in your life. And the reason why I know that is because God forsaken his son for just a moment so that you could have a different life, a life on purpose, a life on, on the mission. That's why God, That's why God turned his back on his son for a moment for you and for me, he did that for you and for me so we could go out and live a different life. And only a good father would do that to his son. Only a good father would turn his back on his son so that the world could be different. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.